Amen. Well, good morning again and again. Welcome to Liberty Church. And I don't know about you guys, I am excited about the Word of the Lord. How many believe that God's Word changes our lives? Amen. That there is literally power in the Word of God to transform and change our lives for His good and or for our good and for His glory. Well, today... Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. Typically, we kind of start the new year, and we usually talk about vision. We kind of cast vision for what we're going to be doing in 2021, and we kind of look ahead at kind of some of those things that we really feel like the Holy Spirit is kind of leading us into. But I really felt something different this year. I really felt like the Lord uh, really kind of wanted to establish something, and I, I, I really felt like it's almost just like a little mantra, just a little, a little one-word focal point that's going to draw us back. And our, our word for this year, our message for this year is going to be unshakable. I got me a cool shirt made, isn't that nice? So anyway, so, uh, uh, so we're going to be talking about what does it mean to have an unshakable God? And what does it mean to live an unshakable life? Because 2020 was a year of shaking. And we saw a lot of things, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute, a lot of things that happened and a lot of changes that took place in 2020 but I'm excited today because we are connected to a God that doesn't change. Amen? We are connected to an unshakable God. And we're going to kind of dive into that over the next four weeks and really talk about what does that mean. What does it mean for God to be an unshakable God? What does it mean for us to live an unshakable life? Because I think the world is looking. I think the world is watching the church right now. I think probably more than ever, the world is watching the church wondering do we really believe what we say we believe? Do we really believe that we have an eternal God who has given us an unshakable kingdom and that he has called us to live a life that is different from the world? Do we really believe that in the midst of every circumstance and in every situation that God is working all things together for our good? Do we really believe that God loves us and he has a purpose and he has a plan for our lives and that he has called us to actually lay down our lives for other people so that all the world can know that there's a God in heaven who loves every person on planet earth and he sent his son Jesus to die for them? Do we really believe what we say we believe? And I think this is the church's finest hour. I think this is an amazing opportunity for us to continue to stand up and stand out for God and live an unshakable life in our personal lives, in our family life, on our job, and of course in the church, that every aspect of who we are would exemplify the glory of who God is, and that is that He is an unshakable God. So look with me uh, in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, many people assume the Apostle Paul wrote Hebrews. It's not really 100% clarified, but the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, he says, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. How many know there's coming a day when God's going to shake everything? There's going to be a shaking of the heavens and a shaking of the earth. And we talked about that in our end time study last year as we talked about the unfolding events as literally the heavens and the earth shake and quake under the glory and the power of God. So the writer of Hebrews says that when God spoke on Mount Sinai, he shook the earth, but he makes a promise that one day there's going to be another shaking and he's going to shake the heavens and the earth. Look at verse 27. And this means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. All things will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. 
And since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe, for our God is a consuming fire, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and only unshakable things will remain. So let's talk a little bit about 2020, because 2020 was a year of shaking, amen? Everything in 2020 that could be shaken was shaken. From the pandemic that literally shut down the nation and shut down the world, to the riots that broke out in the streets, to the civil unrest, to burning down our own cities, to the political election that who knows if it's ever ended or going to end. I mean, all these things that have happened in 2020 was a year of shaking. I just kind of wrote down a couple things. I didn't want to miss anything. And I was just thinking about really what was shaking in 2020. Let's just talk about our jobs just a minute. Can anybody say work from home? (laughs) I mean, our jobs were shaking. If you are a business owner, businesses were shaking. Specifically a small business owner, but every business was shaking. Can somebody say take out our curbside service? (laughs) Because you can't go in a restaurant anymore, at least now you can, but for a season we couldn't. Everything about our land was shaken. Let's think about our schools for just a minute. Somebody say homeschool, <laughs> virtual school, <laughs> hybrid school. I mean, all these things that happened over 2020 as everything in how we lived our lives was literally turned upside down. Of course, our churches were shaking. Can somebody say drive-in church? Y'all remember those days, drive-in church, when we first started this thing? The sports, can somebody say no basketball, no Final Four? Can somebody say Roll Tide, come on? We're still rolling. The economy, of course, was shaking, and literally the entire world was shaking this year. As a matter of fact, what's interesting about a shaking is what the scripture says is that when things that are shaken that can be shaken, then only the unshakable things remain. And what we learned this year is we learned that we were kind of boiled down to some foundational truths. We were kind of boiled down to some things that really mattered. And all of a sudden, we realized this year, I think we realized, I hope you did, we realized that our faith really doesn't matter. Faith is essential if you're going to live a victorious life on planet earth. We realize that family is essential. Isn't it been amazing how that we've kind of been forced together in new ways from homeschooling and working at home and all these things and no vacations and no this and no that. And all of a sudden families have had to come together and figure out how to survive under one roof for a whole lot of hours every single day without killing each other. But you know what? There have been some amazing bright lights in the midst of that. Families have bonded, relationships have been cultivated, and all of a sudden we realized as we were boiled down to the essentials of life that there are some foundation stones. There are some unshakable things that matter more than anything else. And then as I was kind of thinking and praying this week over these unshakable things, I I thought about 2020 was not just a year of shaking, but it was a year of first. Right? There were a lot of first things that happened this year. I kind of wrote down just for our church some of the firsts that happened. Let me read them off to you. So we had our first 
official online service, all online. Everything was done online. We launched our first official online campus where people right now are being shepherding and discipled and connected to the body of Christ. We had our first drive-in church service. But not only do we have our first drive-in church service, you guys remember this? We had our first drive-in Mother's Day service. Along with a Mother's Day gift for every mom and a little craft for every kid. Applause to our children's ministry for what they did. They did a really good job pulling that off. We incorporated hybrid services in person and online small groups. We had people zooming in to our disciple classes, zooming in to small groups, and all of a sudden we had people connecting in person and online as these hybrid groups began to grow and develop. We launched our first full online small groups, and we actually saw our small group ministry not only sustain but grow as we were reaching people. When large group attendance was decreasing, by the way, the average church in America is running now about 40% of in-person attendance as they were at the beginning of the year. But our small group attendance averaged over 210 people this last semester of people that were connecting together, gathering in those small groups. Why? Because we realized that community and connection is foundational to who we are as not only individuals, but to who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. And so we saw those things begin to happen. We literally uh, had our first prayer walk uh, at City Hall uh, supporting our local police officers. I don't know if you remember that. We had an amazing turnout that day. We had 1.4 thousand people join us online as we circled City Hall and prayed over our city, prayed over our police officers, and prayed over our nation as we cried out to the Lord. We had our first online salvation, right? Actually, we had three people this year give their heart to Jesus through our online service. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. Amen, that's amazing. We revisited and reinvented how we did our shoes, our backpacks, our coat, and our Christmas outreaches. Under Miss Lilia's leadership, we just began to partner with a new way with our local schools and with other outreach ministries. We knocked on 191 doors uh, sharing the gospel. We reached over 650 people through our fall festival, and we had over 40 salvations through our outreach events. Over 40 people, come on, that's worth a hand clap of praise. Over 40 people gave their heart to Jesus. Children and adults as a result of reaching out into our community, just revamping how we do what we do and continually doing something brand new as a first opportunity. This past year, we also gave away, this is great, we gave away four and a half tons of food through our monthly food bank ministry. Four and a half tons of food was given away this year through our food bank ministry, thanks to Miss Sharon and an awesome outreach team there. And we literally touched, think about this, we literally touched thousands, thousands of people online and in person as we kept doing what God has called us to do. See, the great thing about serving an unshakable God is that you have an unshakable mission. And what I loved about pastoring a church during the pandemic, let me tell you something, there were some really hard days. And there were a lot of challenging decisions, and I'm sure there's probably going to be a lot more challenging decisions. I never knew there could be such controversy over to wear a mask or to not wear a mask. It has been insanely crazy. Very firm, very passionate persuasions on both sides but we navigated through all that but what I love let me tell you what I loved about pastoring in 2020 
I love the fact that when everything around us changed, our mission never changed. I love that. I love the fact that when everything changed, even though we had to reinvent the way we did what we did, what we did never changed. We're still winning souls, making disciples, destroying the works of the devil. We're still reaching out into a broken world, and we're still raising people up in their full potential. And I love that this past year. I love the fact that even though our world was shaking around us, the vision and mission of God for our lives never changed, not once. And I thought, how awesome it is to be connected to such a good God. How awesome it is to be connected to such a mighty God that even though our methods changed, our mission and our message never changed, and we stayed the course, and we reached more people this year than we'd ever reached before in proclaiming and declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ. So look at that first point on your outline. I want you to see this. We serve an unshakable God. And we have received an unshakable kingdom. And we have been given unshakable resources so we can live an unshakable life. And over the next few weeks, we're going to break each of those down. Today, we're going to talk about what does it really mean to have an unshakable God. Next week, we're going to talk about what does it mean that we've received an unshakable kingdom. And then what are the unshakable resources that God has given us? And what does it really look like for me and you to live this unshakable Christian life? To represent and represent Jesus to the world so that they can see an unshakable God through an unshakable church as we live our lives following after the one who never changes. Amen? And so we're going to dive into that. So let's look at that next one. Let's talk about our unshakable God today. So God is unshakable. I want you to hear this with me. He is not God because we believe in Him. And He is not God because we acknowledge Him, pray to Him, worship Him, or serve Him. He is God because before anything was and after everything is, He is the great I Am. Amen? He is God not because we worship Him. He's not God because you believe in Him. He's not God because you acknowledge Him. He's not God because we come to church. He is God because before we were and after we cease to exist, God is God. Amen? He is the great I Am. He is God. And He's not God because of us. He's God in spite of us. He's God with us, and He is God without us. He is God. Look what the Bible says. I love Exodus, the story of Moses. Moses is having this burning bush experience, and he's encountering God. He's got his shoes off. He's on holy ground. And God tells him to go back and tell the children of Israel that the God of their ancestors has sent them. And look what Moses says. And Moses protested. But if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God replied to Moses, I love this answer, I am who I am. I am who I am. Say to the people of Israel that I am has sent you. And God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, which means the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. And this is my eternal name, my name to be remembered for all generations. Revelations 22, verse 13. I love how Jesus describes himself. Look what he says. He says, I am. There he is. He's the great I am. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I am God. 
He's not God because we believe in Him. He's not God because we acknowledge Him. He is God because before we were and after everything is, He is God. The author, the finisher, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now, let me just encourage you in something today because I think sometimes we, we kind of get this idea. We, we get this idea that somehow God is like a spiritual Santa Claus. And I don't know if you guys uh, like these movies. Ke Kelly is a Hallmark Christmas maniac, right? Any Hallmark Christmas maniacs in here? All you ladies, a couple of you ladies, all right. Well, uh, and, and those movies are good. I like them, and I enjoy watching them with her. But I, I'll just be honest with you. I'm, I'm a sucker for the Christmas movies. I, I like the, you know, I enjoy the little Santa Claus movies and, 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 and all those things, and they're funny, and there's a lot of, just a lot of good stuff in it. And, and one of the common themes in the little Santa Claus movies is that Santa Claus loses his power when people stop believing in him. And his sleigh won't fly, and the reindeer can't go, and he can't deliver the packages because all of a sudden the world has stopped believing. I want to tell you something. God is not a spiritual Santa Claus. God does not gain his power nor his existence from your faith in him. He is not God because you believe, and He does not cease to be God if you don't believe. God is God. He is unshakable God. Before you were and after you exist, He is God. He is eternal from everlasting to everlasting, the beginning and the end. And you know what I think is awesome about that? I think it's awesome that our unshakable God, that is God with us and God without us, chooses us. Think about that. God is God without us, but he still chooses us and invites us to be into a relationship with him. How awesome is that? How awesome is the fact that the God of the universe who doesn't need you actually wants you to be in relationship with him? He doesn't need you to be God. But he wants you to be his sons and daughters and be in relationship with him. How awesome is that? It's kind of like, do you remember when, how many of y'all remember uh, when you were in elementary school when you used to have recess and go out and play? Y'all remember those days? You remember when you used to pick teams? Well, wasn't that fun? Based on your athletic ability, it was a lot of fun, right? If you were really good, you were the first pick. If you weren't so good, it was like, yeah, I'll take Keith. There ain't nobody else left. Come on, you bail my team. You know what's awesome about God? God is the most popular kid in school. And he doesn't need you to be popular. And he doesn't need you on, your, on his team. But he chooses you. And here's what's awesome about that. Everybody is God's first pick. Everybody is God's first pick. There are no second-rate Christians. There are no second-rate creations. Every person on planet Earth is God's first pick. He says, I want you on my team. Not because I need you. I can win without you. <laughs> but because I choose you and I love you and I want you to be a part of my family. That's what's awesome about our unshakable God. He is God without us, but he still chooses us and invites us to come and know him. Now look at this next point. I want you to see this. God is unshakable which means he does not rule, hear me, he does not rule by popular opinion. 
And his power is not determined by our faith in him. God does not rule by popular opinion. What does that mean? God does not need an electoral vote. God does not need a Supreme Court decision. God does not need 10,000 likes on Facebook. God is God. He is all-powerful. He is almighty. And he rules and he reigns from heaven. And God has the power and the ability to do his will, his way, every single time. He is not consulting us. He is not looking to the White House. He's not looking to the courthouse. Hey, he's not even looking to the church house. He is God. And he rules because he is the creator of the universe. He is the architect of all that's ever been made. And he literally spoke the world into existence. He's God. And he is all-powerful. He is almighty. And he rules and he reigns solely and sufficiency by himself. Now again, God invites us. God chooses us. God allows us to be a part of his story. But at the end of the day, God is God. And God is not powerful because we have faith in him. Let me me give you a thought real quick. Our faith in God determines the power of God that we experience. But our faith in God does not determine God's power. Let me say that again. Our faith in God determines the power of God that we experience, right? I'm only going to experience God to the degree that I believe in Him. But my faith in God does not determine God's power. God is powerful with or without me. God is mighty with or without me. God is the beginning and the end with or without me. Look what the Scripture says. Genesis chapter 1 We're kind of familiar with this. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formed and empty and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. He called the light day and he called the darkness night. And the evening passed and the morning came, marking the first day. God is the creator of the universe. He is the architect of all that has ever been seen. He speaks the word and it exists. I don't know if uh, any of your kids or any of you ever grew up playing with Legos or building blocks or maybe even Play-Doh. Imagine if you built your Lego village and all of a sudden the people in the Lego village decided they were going to rule you. You'd be like, nope. (laughs) Don't think so. Not today. How crazy it is for us to think that we somehow control the sovereignty and sufficiency and power of God. God is God. And He is all-powerful. And He is almighty. Now, here's the good news. God is good. And God is love. And God is gracious. And God is kind. And God has invited us into a relationship with him that we might know him but he is all powerful let me let me give you one of the scripture right here i love this scripture out of revelations revelations 4 the bible says you are worthy o lord to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created 
God, you created all things, and by your will they exist, and by your will they created. So God not only created us, God sustains us. We exist by the power of God. By the power of his word, he holds the world together. Everything functions because God said, let it function. Everything exists because God created it by his power and for his glory. And you and I were created for the glory of God. Now, now let me just give you a, a final thought real quick before we move on. <clears throat> Jesus, who was God, became man. So that man, we, we talked about this, so that man could become the sons and daughters of God. Jesus, who was God, became man so that man could see God, so that man could know God, so that man could receive faith, receive by faith in God eternal life and become the sons and daughters of God. But here's a challenge I want to give you. We have a tendency to project the image of man upon God. God became a man, but let me just tell you something. God is not a man. God is God. And when we project upon God the characteristics of man, let me tell you what happens immediately. The moment you project upon God the characteristics of man, you limit God. Because the best man that you know, think about this, the most loving person that you know. Can you imagine who that is? Who is the most loving person that you know? All, all you married people think about your spouse. The most loving person that you know. Think about that person. If you attribute their love to God, if you say, man, this is the most loving person I know, and God must love me like that. The moment you attribute the characteristic of a man to God, you just limited God. You just lowered the level of his ability to love you and declare his glory to you. The person you know that is the strongest or the most dedicated or the most disciplined or the most caring or the most compassionate or the most grace-filled, the moment that you project those images onto God, you've limited God. Because you have given him a human capacity. Because the, the ability of every man, woman, boy, and girl is limited in comparison to the limitless abilities of God. So here's what has to happen. The Holy Spirit said this to me this week. He said, Keith, the moment you understand that you can never fully understand how great I am, you'll be in a good place. The moment you understand that you can never fully understand how big I am, how deep my love is, how great my power is, how great my grace is, the moment you understand that you'll never fully understand is the moment that you'll tap into the limitless power of God that will transform your heart and your life. Because as long as we project upon God the image of man, all of a sudden we lower the ability of God to move in our life. Because remember what we said about faith a while ago. Faith doesn't limit God's power, but it limits our ability to receive from the power of God. So the moment I limit God by projecting your image over Him is the moment that I lower the level of my capacity to receive from him. Everybody with me? Look at this next point. I want you to see this. Our strength and our stability comes from us really being connected to an unshakable God who does not change. Our strength and stability come from an unshakable God who does not change. 
Hebrews 13, verse 8 and 9 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Y'all say that with me. Jesus Christ is the what? He's the same. He hasn't changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus Christ has not changed. And our strength and our stability in life comes from us being connected to an unchanging God who never, ever, ever changes. Think about this. If your strength and stability is based on a vaccine, right? I'm going to be confident when the vaccine comes. I'm going to return to my life when the vaccine comes. I'm going to re-engage with people when the vaccine comes. Well, let me ask you a question. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't do everything they think it's going to do? What if there's another strand that it doesn't even respond to? Well, once the economy settles out, well, once the election is settled, well, once the stimulus check comes in, boy, that was a nice little bonus this week, wasn't it? Come on, somebody. Think about it for just a minute. If your strength and stability is determined by anything happening around you instead of the God who reigns above you and lives in you, then all of a sudden you're never stable. Because there's no guarantee with anything in this world. Well, with my family, you know what? Man, my family's doing really good. I'm, I'm strong now because we're getting along. Well, hang out till tomorrow. You probably won't be getting along. Everything you can see, everything you can touch, everything you can taste is subject to change. And the only way we can live a stable, strong life is to be connected to an unshakable God who never changes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I love verse 9. It's an interesting verse. It says, so do not be attracted by strange and new ideas, for your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food which do not help those who follow them. I love that little first part of that verse. So don't be attracted by strange and new ideas. How many of you know that, that we, love, we love newer, better, faster? <laughs> I'm a gadget guy, so I love technology, and I love the newest and the greatest and the fastest and all that cool stuff. But here's the realization. Our stability and our strength cannot be based on the next new thing that might come. The next new vaccine, the next stimulus check, the next surge in the economy, the next new job, the next new marriage, the next new opportunity. We cannot find stability and strength in the next new thing. We can't be attracted by those things. Why? Because those things, again, even though they're new and many of them are good, they're not God. And the moment you get the new technology, it's out of date. And the moment you buy the new car, all of a sudden, you're going to need a new car. And the moment you get the new house, now there's the new payment. <laughs> and we need a new paint job. And we probably need new car. Let's get some hardwood. And new never stays new. But God never changes. That is where our stability and that is where our strength is. I said it a while ago. The thing that I loved about pastoring in 2020 is in the midst of everything changing, our mission never changed. Our vision never changed. I got up every day knowing what I was supposed to do, just like I did in 2019. The way we did it was totally different. The paths we pursued were different. But what we did was the same. 
And what a refreshing strength there is in that ability to know that I'm connected to something that never, ever changes. I got two last points. Look at this next one. I want you to see this today. The only reason, the only reason that we are still here, the only reason that humanity has not already destroyed itself. Think about that for a second. From the beginning of time, from the genesis of time, once sin entered the world, there were two brothers and one of them killed the other. And mankind has been killing each other ever since. Think about it. Do you ever look back over history? It is amazing that we're still here. War, famine, disease are all directly rooted and connected to sinful rebellion in the heart of man. And the only reason, guys, the only reason we're still here, the only reason there's still a human race, the only reason we still got breath in our lungs is because we serve an unshakable God. Look at the rest of that statement. God is unshakable. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And he has a passion for every soul he has created. Everybody matters to God. When Ian and Jessica got pregnant, now Samantha and John Wesley are pregnant, one of the first things I told them when they found out they were pregnant was simply this. God has not entrusted you with a baby. God has entrusted you with an eternal soul. It's not a baby. It's an eternal soul. That baby is going to live forever somewhere, either in heaven or or in hell and God has not entrusted you with a child just to raise till they graduate from college and get a job and start a family of their own God has entrusted you with an eternal soul that will live forever somewhere and here's what you need to know about every soul every soul matters to God the Bible says the fruit of the wound is the reward of the Lord God handcrafts. David said, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Every person is a divine expression of the glory of God. And we were all created to reveal the greatness of who he is. And God has a plan. And God has a purpose. And God has a passion for every single soul. Now, here's the good news. Look at this next statement. We are not consumed because God hasn't changed his mind about you. We are not consumed because God hasn't changed his mind about you. Look at Malachi 3.6. The Bible says, for I am the Lord God speaking. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. I am the Lord your God, and I do not change. And the fact that I don't change is the only reason you're still here today. You're not consumed by the sins of others or even by your own sin because my hand is upon you. I have a purpose, I have a plan, and I have a passion for every single person I've ever created. Amen. And you and I are still here because God hasn't changed his mind. Look what the Bible says. Romans Chapter 11, verse 29. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. We at Liberty know what repentance means. To repent means to change your mind. 
The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God hasn't changed his mind. And that's crazy because we change our minds all the time. Right? Sometimes we're friends with somebody and sometimes we're not friends with somebody. Sometimes we friend them, sometimes we unfriend them. Sometimes we follow them, sometimes we stop following them. Right? We not only change our minds about people, we change our minds about ourselves. Sometimes you look in the mirror and you love what you see. And sometimes you look in the mirror and you hate what you see. Sometimes you're your best cheerleader and sometimes you're your worst critic. We change our minds about ourselves and about others and even about God all the time. But God never changes his mind. God never changes his mind about you. The gifts and callings of God on your life are without repentance. God doesn't change his mind. Your failures don't change his mind. Your successes don't change his mind. Your sin doesn't change his mind. And your saintly behavior does not change his mind. God doesn't change his mind. And we ought to just let that sink in for a second. We ought to let it sink in because some of you as Christians here today, because I realize many of us here today are Christians, and many of you watching online are Christians. Many of us, there, were, there was a time, hear me today, there was a time in your life, there was a time in your life when you were so stoked up and fired up about living for God because you had heard from the Lord and God gave you a vision and God gave you a mission and you had a passion and you were going to live your life for Jesus and then life happened and then disappointment happened and then hurt happened and then grief happened and somewhere along the line that vision and dream that God gave you you changed your mind and you said well maybe not me well maybe not now well maybe that wasn't even really from God it was probably just a crazy dream let me give you some good news today God hasn't changed his mind every promise he's made every purpose he had every plan he's given you and the passion that he has for your soul as an individual has not changed so here's our challenge look at the last point our new year's challenge is this this is huge guys our new year's challenge is simply this God won't change his mind but we can reject his plan God won't change his mind. Hell is filled with people that God loves. Hell is filled with people. Let me just say it like this. Every person in hell is loved by God. Because people don't go to hell because God stops loving them. People go to hell because they reject the love of God that was revealed through his son. See, God won't change his mind. But we can reject his plan. And that's true when it comes to salvation because maybe you're here today and maybe you realize, hey, I've never really made Jesus the Lord of my life and I've been kind of rejecting God and I've been holding him off and I've been putting him at arm's length. In just a minute, I'm going to give you a minute to change that. In just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to join me in prayer because today God's plan for your life can become real. And his ultimate plan is that none would perish, but that all would have eternal life. And that happens one way, and that's through faith 
in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you must be born again. Because God hadn't changed his mind. And you haven't failed too deeply, and you haven't rejected too far, and you haven't walked away too far from the Lord that his love for you can't reach you. He hadn't changed his mind. And for some of you, for some of you, many of you as Christians, I want to challenge you with this. Many of us as Christians, here's what's crazy. I can accept the gift of salvation and be born again and know that when I die, I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. But then at the very same time, I can reject God's plan for my life while I'm here on earth. I can reject His calling. I can push back on the gifts that God has given me and decide I really don't want to use them the way God intended them to be used. See, I can accept the gift of salvation at the same time I can reject in other areas of my life God's plan, God's plan for my family, God's plan for ministry, God's plan for my future. So I want to challenge us today. I want to challenge us today. Our New Year challenge is let's embrace Him, guys. Let's embrace the Lord. Let's embrace His plan and His passion for our life. We sung the song, yes, yes, God, I'm available. I want to answer with a Holy Ghost, yes. I told you guys, Kelly, she's a a Hallmark Christmas movie maniac. So last night we was watching a Hallmark movie, and they were advertising for the new 2021 New Year's movies now. And she's like, oh, we got to watch those. And I'm like, Lord, help me, Jesus. You know, so. And one of the movies they were advertising was a movie of this girl. And she said, she said, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to say yes to everything. And it shows her doing a polar bear swim and all kind of crazy stuff she'd never do before. And, and when I saw that last night, the Holy Spirit said, Keith, what would happen? What would happen if, if you decided that your New Year's resolution was that you were going to say yes to me in every plan and every purpose that I have for your life. What would happen in your life if in 2021 you said, God, I'm just going to say yes to you. I'm not going to say yes to all the crazy things the world wants me to do, but I'm going to say yes to you, God. I'm going to say yes to your plan. I'm going to say yes to your purpose. I'm going to say yes to the passion of God for my life. What would your year look like if you just decided, I'm going to say yes? Let's just bow our heads together today. If you're here today and you're a Christian, and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith, I I, I want to make that resolution today. I want to resolve in my heart this morning that for 2021, I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to say yes to His plan, yes to His purpose, and yes to God's passion for my life. I'm going to say yes to Him. And if you're here and you're a Christian and you say, I want to say yes to the Lord, I want you to do something. Just raise your hand right now. Just an act of faith that says, today I'm saying yes. If you're watching online and you're a believer, just type in, I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. All over this room, and I believe all across the nation as people are watching this morning, there's a lot of holy yeses going out. So God, right now, every hand that's raised, Lord, I thank you that you see our hands this morning. And Lord, we resolve 
God, we just draw a line in the sand this morning. Lord, we declare that 2021 is going to be a year that we're going to say yes to you. We're going to lead with a yes when it comes to your purpose and your plan and your passion for our lives. No longer resisting. No longer rejecting. No longer pushing back, Lord. Just a holy yes this morning to the Lord. You can put your hands down, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Keith? I've never said yes to Jesus. I've never truly said yes to Him being the Lord of my life. But today is that day. I believe He died on the cross for my sins. I believe He rose again on the third day. And today... I want to surrender my life to Him. The God that doesn't need me, but yet wants me to be a part of His family, I want to say yes to Him. And I don't know that I fully understand what that means, but I, I, with all that I am this morning, I want to surrender my life to Christ, and I want to be born again and become a child of God today. If that's you in person or online, just raise your hand. Just a simple act of faith. Every head's bowed, every eye closed, but this is your moment. I want to say yes to Jesus this morning. I want to say yes. I want to be born again today. If you're watching online, just say, I'm raising my hand. I'm raising my hand. This is your moment right now. If you're here today, just slip your hand up. A simple act of faith today. Today, I want to say yes to Jesus as Lord of my life. I want to receive His forgiveness today, and I want to be born again into God's family. If that's you, you can raise your hand right now. We're about to pray. This is a holy moment. And God is calling us to Himself. He loves you this morning. He loves you this morning. Let's just pray this together. Everybody out loud with me if you're here today. Let's say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day. I confess that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Be my Lord and my Savior. I receive you today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. If you prayed that prayer this morning, congratulations. If you prayed it online, congratulations. Let us know. We want to help you take those next steps in following the Lord this morning. God bless you today, guys. Happy New Year. We love you. Have a great day.